This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. to Midweek Mini Spooks, a Weird Distractions podcast mini-series where we take turns every Wednesday for the month of October and tell you a spooky story to celebrate the spookiest season of them all. I'm one of your hosts, Alex. And Christy. And this week it is my turn and I have a spooky haunted location to chat about. Are you ready? Because I'm ready. I'm excited. You should be excited and you're gonna be scared. So, without further ado, this week's midweek mini-spook takes us to Skidbrook, Lincolnshire, in England, as we get our spooky ooky on while discussing St. Botolph's Church. Before we dive into the reported haunts, I'll give a quick background of the church to bring us up to speed. Built in 1300, the early medieval reportedly spacious church was built in limestone and brick with a slate roof with the ability to seat 300 people. The church saw some renovations in the 14th and 15th centuries, 1854-1871, and sometime again in the 20th century. The church's property would also serve as a Commonwealth burial site for those who served and unfortunately perished in World War I and in World War II. Some may wonder why the church was named St. Botolph, which I can't really confirm, but I have my own speculations as per usual. This wouldn't be a weird distraction episode without some speculation and it going wildly is you speculating Susie or whatever yeah well that's a skeptical Susie but I guess it could be a skeptical (laughs) speculating Susie speculating Nancy I don't know I don't know we'll 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 press the kinks out later but Boltolf also known as Boltwolf of Thorny was a documented saint who lived in the 7th century which, you know, only a couple of years ago, not not that far from 2021. Just a little bit old. <laughs> exactly. Uh, who apparently has ties to farming and is known as the patron saint of boundaries, as well as trade and travel. So someone you might want on a trip because they can set some ground rules pretty quick. You know, on the bus by nine, club by ten be home by three. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting from this saint. He's like my spiritual itinerary. Yeah, the itinerary that you didn't know you needed, but now you have. So it it seems as though he has been regarded with the Roman Catholic Church, the Lutheran Church, the Orthodox Church, and the Anglican Church. The church served in its community until 1973, which it would then have its ownership vested in the church's conversation trust two years later. Protected as a historical building, which 
I mean, duh, it's pretty old and fairly important. The church, as far as what I can see online, still stands today. With all that history, it seems almost fitting that there have been speculations of paranormal activity within. Once again, it was built in 1300, so probably has seen quite a lot, (laughs) to put it bluntly. Yeah, she is like hella old, so there's gotta be some scary stuff going on there. Gotta be some stains of history on that place. But now that we've covered the history, let's chat about the haunts. So even though the church is technically a historical building, it doesn't mean that it hasn't continued to see the test of time along with vandalism. According to the book In Search of the Paranormal by Richard Estep, alleged local teens and alleged satanic cults, which the listeners can't see, but I'm rolling my eyes to the back of my head as I'm saying this, uh, have entered the building and left their marks on the property. The reports of the cult activity at the church seem to kind of tie back to the 1970s and 1980s, which as we may know, was kind of when the satanic panic was carrying on from the 60s and what have you. In 2004, the church was in the news as the satanic cult rumors carried on with claims of fires, animal sacrifices, and graffiti that were reportedly taking place. Because of its rumored cult activity, reports of paranormal activity have been booming, which has intrigued paranormal researchers for years. In Richard's book, he references an investigator named Colin Vcock, who reportedly encountered the following during his investigation at the church. So there were claims of unexplained footsteps, which reportedly sounded as if they were crisscrossing the church, so not specifically walking in a straight line, just kind of going from one angle to the other, like one end of the room to the other, very, I don't know, dramatically, I guess. So yeah, they couldn't decide what path they wanted to take. They wanted to be extra spooky. Yeah, they're like... I am on X Games mode. I'm going to make the living so confused as to where I'm going next that they just won't know and they'll get so confused that they'll leave me alone. Like, I'm in this corner, then I'm in this corner, then I'm in this corner. So, spooky. Scared you. Yeah, try to catch me now, human. The next reported claims include random loud crashes, stones being thrown, movement from the grass and bushes, which in the blog it was documented that the movement was, quote, weird. Uh, A transparent figure has reportedly been spotted at the altar, and finally multiple encounters of doors randomly slamming, with, of course, no one actually slamming them on purpose. All your your typical things you would expect to hear from paranormal entities, maybe. Yeah. In another article, I saw that people who visited the church would reportedly hear what sounds to be a storm happening outside while standing on the inside of the church, only to find that it was actually calm outside and the weather was totally fine. Others have reportedly encountered rings of candles and salt inside the church, once again nodding to some kind of cult activity. A consistent theme I saw was that the church seems to change at night in terms of its ambiance and energy. Essentially, during the day, it seems to be like kind of a normal historical building, but then at night, it almost turns into a very negative, frightful place. This could be because it's nighttime and the rumors of a cult using the area well for cult stuff, but regardless, that's kind of the main consistent theme that I got across my research. When author Richard E. Stepp went to visit the location along with a crew sometime in 1994, so he reportedly encountered several decapitated chickens' torsos scattered on the church's property, which some listeners may be thinking, okay, it's probably an animal that attacked the chickens and BD. Mm, maybe. Maybe. Or 
one of the crew members uh, during this investigation with Richard named Andrew Wright had indicated that the wounds on the chicken's necks had been cut with some kind of sharp instrument as opposed to teeth marks of a predator. So typically, you know, if let's say, I don't know, a wolf got at it or some kind of, I'm going to say hyena, but I don't think there's hyenas in England, but some kind of animal. No, (laughs) I don't know my animal locations very well. But even if some kind of animal with teeth got at it, you would be able to tell, I'm assuming by teeth marks or ragged edges or what have you, as opposed to what Richard in this situation encountered with Andrew and others, where it seemed to be a pretty precise cut. Okay. Sure, it's a precise cut. So it was just decapitated chickens, but the chickens were left there? Yes. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, if it was an animal, that you would expect them to eat it all, potentially. So that's kind of weird. Well, yeah, and you'd expect with a torso. I mean, the torso is kind of where most of the meat and all that, not to be graphic to anybody, especially to anyone that's a vegan or, you know, doesn't eat chicken. But, you know, you would expect that the animal that would have attacked it would have eaten the whole thing, as opposed to just in several like several of them, that seems very odd. Yeah, like this animal just walks around and says, I'm just going to bite or precisionly bite off all these heads and then leave them there. Like, no, that's not, that's not predatorial. Exactly. And only the heads were missing, which is also another weird thing. Like, why yeah, would... Like you want the meaty part. Yeah. You want why... the bony head. Exactly. Why would you just... Anyways... Unless you're, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. But regardless, during the investigation, they also encountered pentagrams drawn inside the church, both in orange spray paint and what looked like to be blood, which, of course, wasn't confirmed or denied whether it was actual blood or not. So that's kind of creepy. And then I could see the chicken heads being part of some kind of weird sacrifice or like yes. something that they do that with, whatever cultists do. Whatever whatever people do with chicken heads and pentagrams in abandoned churches. Whatever they do. We, d- we don't know. There was a sensitive in the group by the name of Amanda who indicated that there was a demonic entity roaming around the church's tower, which, according to Richard's book, she referred to the entity as the Beast. Not long after, she reportedly saw a tall figure who appeared to be wearing a monk's robe. Robert reportedly encountered a shadow figure that seemed to follow him and another crew member as seen by other members nearby. So Richard and somebody else were walking along and I guess as they were walking along the other part of the investigation team were like, who is this other person with you? Like, where did this person come from? And Richard's like, what are you talking about? Like, there's no, it was just you know, me and this other person. They're like, there was somebody else there. Did they catch it on tape or they just said they saw? I don't think so. I didn't read anything that said it caught. I mean, it's 1995. So yeah, like video cameras and stuff would have been around, but mm-hmm. I don't think it was actually caught on tape, unfortunately. Maybe yeah, just in the moment they're like, I see this, didn't think to get it out because I'm already terrified I see this, but no potential effects. Yeah. And I feel like it's kind of hard to not to go on a tangent, but sometimes speaking as an avid paranormal investigator myself, which I'm not by any means, shape or form, but I think in moments where you do catch something, unless you are a ghost adventurous crew or a kindred spirits crew that has a bunch of, not a bunch of people, but have cameras on at different angles in different rooms all the time and have a crap ton of equipment. It'd be hard to catch stuff like that. Exactly. Because sometimes you see things in the heat in the moment, you you don't necessarily think to grab your phone within milliseconds, right? Mm -hmm. You're just living in the moment. 
Exactly. Later on, the crew heard what was compared to be an animal-like screech from the center of the church, so from the inside of the church. So they were still, as as far as my understanding from the book, they were still inside the church, but in different areas of the building. And from the center of the main part of the building, they heard an animal-like screech. And when they went to go check it out, there was nothing there. That's kind of terrifying. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that by any shape or form. Uh, Although... The group didn't experience maybe as much as others. According to Richard, there was an ominous feeling that seemed to drain his energy after the investigation at the church, which, according to the back of his book, was kind of his kickstarter into the whole paranormal investigation realm. Interesting. Interesting. Very much so. So, although this is a mini-spook, I feel the reports of paranormal activity from St. Boltolf's feels kind of somewhat large when you put it... Well, when you put it on paper, when you hear about it, when you kind of think about it. I mean, there could be a lot more. There's definitely more locations out there that seem to have soul books of just the paranormal activity that has happened. But I just, I have this like lingering feeling that there's probably a lot more going on there and just a matter of people documenting it and, you know, continuously talking about it. That way we can learn more about it. Even though there is wonder and mystery as to whether the paranormal activity in the church is legit, at the end of the day, the church is still a historic landmark. Unfortunately, the church still continues to be vandalized, even as recent as 2020 from what I was able to gather. Well, that's unfortunate. And if you are listening and you do intend on exploring the church, which I'm not sure we can really kind of give like a green light as to whether you can explore or not i wasn't really able to find that out but if you do explore the church and you are given a green light by somebody perhaps find a respectful paranormal group to go with that and remember that although going to a really haunted place can sound like a lot of fun we have to be mindful of the respect we need to give to locations like this i also want to take a second and address the allegations of a satanic cult because as mentioned a couple minutes ago, my eyes were rolling as Christy and I have encountered cases, whether that we've covered or cases of other podcasts or the shows that we've listened to that always seem to point to a satanic cult of sorts. I mean, the Crybaby Bridges was one of them that just kept pointing to, oh, it's a haunted because of a satanic cult. Mm-hmm. Although I had to reiterate this kind of speculation when doing the coverage of St. Boldolf's Church... We don't know who is actually vandalizing the church. And I don't want to throw shade where shade might not necessarily be appropriately needed to be shaded on, so to speak. So, you know, I I just want people to be very mindful that when they are hearing stories of, oh, it's a satanic cult, this, that, and the other, you never know. It could just be a group of teenagers who are now feeding into the longstanding rumors of a quote-unquote satanic cult and are making it seem like that, right? I mean, I think Chris, we've talked about Satanists on this show before, like actual people who practice Satanism or what have you, and Mm -hmm. a a lot of times it's not what it's made out to be, right? No, like it's... As a title, but it's something completely different. Exactly. So for all we know, it could be people trying to freak other people out in general by doing that, aka feeding into the long-standing satanic panic. And that is this week's midweek mini-spook, St. Boltoff's Church in Skidbrook, Lincolnshire, England. Feel spooked out? That was a little spooky spot. Some hot spots of paranormal, potentially. Some culty stuff that I said we don't like. A little bit of mix everything. 
Yeah, and here's a little bit of a mix of resources that if you want to keep looking into and learn more about this location, you can on your own time. All right, so big shout out to the Commonwealth War Graves website, Skidbrook St. Boltolf's Churchyard, the Orthodox England website, Orthodox Europe, Latin Saints of the Orthodox, the Januki website, Skidbrook, the book In Search of the Paranormal by Richard E. Stepp, Colin V. Cox blog, which is ghostquest.blogspot.com, Haunted History of Lincolnshire website, potentially by Amy, Ryan, Linda, and Kat, ITV News article, Haunted Lincolnshire Church Vandalized, no author listed July 12th, 2017, and finally, last but not least, Grimsby Live article, Church Reportedly Vandalized by Satanists, or just bored people who are Anyways, I'm not going to get into it. I'm, I don't want to get too heated right now. But anyways, who perform animal sacrifices and supernatural ceremonies by Paige Freshwater and Emily White on February 4th, 2020. Christy, can you tell these fine listeners where they can support the show, where they can follow us on social media and all that good stuff? Yes. No, this is a mini spook episode. We're still going to give you all the deets. We are on Apple Podcasts. Please go on. Please leave a review. Please leave some stars. We would love to do some more charting and just get our name out there for free in that kind of aspect. Also, Spotify, Google Podcasts, basically any other platform you'll find us on. You can also support the show on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all of our different platforms, just searching our name. If you're looking for more weird distractions, you will find us on Patreon. We have two tiers for you to join on to. Both tiers get bonus monthly episodes, behind-the-scenes footage, and some stickers. Bunch of just mishmash of episodes we have on there. It's been a bit of true crime mostly, but we're kind of expanding a little bit. But if you like that, feel free to just go on. Shout out to our current Patreons, Tom, Bailey, and Angela. We want to say thank you guys, as always. We're always great support for us. We love you. If you also want to help with the show and uh, other options, we have Buy Me a Coffee. You can always go on and pledge us whatever monetized amount you would like to kind of support us. And you can also go on to Redbubble. We have merch. Basically, any of our logos that you love, hopefully, you can get it on pretty much anything. So please order if you want some. And lastly, we are doing listener distractions. So we have one episode that has been out since June 13th. But again, we are wanting to do some more. So please just kind of send in your stories, any encounters, anything spooky, if you like met a murderer or whatever, that's fine. We want to hear your stories. So please send them in and we want to do Weird Distractions podcast at Outlook.com. Yes. And hey, if you got some weird, creepy Halloween stories you want to share with us, send them in. We'd love to hear it. We only got, what, a couple of weeks before Halloween, the spookiest day of them all is here. Alex's favorite day of the year. My literal Christmas. So I, I think I speak for both of us, Christy, when I say we want to hear from you. So email us, DM us, and as always, if you need a distraction. We got you. Bye. Bye. Stay spooky. Bye.